We really don't like to think about forest recovery because that's a scorched earth scenario and we all get a little scared at that, right? Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and Active Directory security expert, Sean Duby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP Podcast. My guest this week is Alexandra Weaver. Alexandra has spent many years in the trenches supporting Active Directory at large companies, in particular, Intel and Nike. She's currently a solutions architect on the customer success team at Sempris, where she helps customers of all sizes design, deploy, and maintain Sempris products. Hi, Leeks. Hi, Sean. You and I were talking uh, before the podcast about as sort of as a nature of what we do, we spend a lot of time thinking about Active Directory and particularly Active Directory recovery, uh, which is, you know, your average Active Directory administrator only thinks of Active Directory recovery when they can't avoid it or when they're awake at four o'clock in the morning worrying about it. Um, And especially because we're designing solutions for companies, especially how Active Directory recovery in the in the BCDR process can go wrong. Yes. There's definitely some gaps there in, I think, forward thinking. We, for years, are used to and have been used to Active Directory being very solid. It generally, we set it up and it works, even despite ourselves. So we get a little spoiled and we don't have to think about recovery. And if we do, our bad day is, you know, ADC goes bad, a domain controller goes bad. And so we have to get that up. We really don't like to think about forest recovery because that's a scorched earth scenario and we all get a little scared at that, right? So one of the things we logically think about is our our BCDR, our business continuity disaster plan. That's something that comes up. So larger corporations, not always just of that size, but will have yearly or quarterly plans to run through uh, those and test their process. Right. That's, that's very true. And, and most of these, when you think about uh, recovery, what are sort of the, the recovery types that you, would, that you can do for Active Directory? Let's assume that you know, maybe the, some of the folks listening and they're really sharp uh, security people and they know that Active Directory replicates stuff around and all that, but they don't really right. know what goes on in recovering Active Directory from various disasters. Right. And so we have some different scenarios that, you know, we always try to run through that those cases are in those drills, right? We'll have, you know, a domain controller fail. And so we can do a non-authoritative restore to get that back up and running. And that usually means we're just waiting for a replication time. We have other domain controllers that are providing coverage for us. So there isn't a gap or a noticeable impact to our customers. And then we have the authoritative restore, which leads us down that road of thinking about that forest recovery, because that's involving an authoritative restore where you obviously are going to be impacting 
your environment, your customers, your users, because you're going back to a certain point in time. Now, all this is based on the fact that we have that document or that process defined and in place. Not only is it in place, but it's been tested. Right. So, so we're talking, <laughs> and to be clear, what we're talking about here is the restoration in this conversation, at least, we're talking about the restoration of the Active Directory service itself and therefore the data inside it rather than just the Active Directory uh, data as it's always evolving, always changing. So using traditional backup and recovery for Active Directory, just like you would use to backup Exchange, just like you'd use to backup and recover file servers and all that. What's the difference between a traditional system state backup, bare metal recovery to recover your Active Directory, the need for that, when if you have that, why would you ever need to do a forced recovery? Well, a BMR, so a bare metal restore, is going to include your system state. And that is commonly used when a system is completely offline, doesn't boot. You're going to use that to bring a computer back up. And we think of that as maybe, you know, those drills or in a lab environment where we want to do a copy exact, we want to do some product or software testing, we want to create a dev environment. When we start thinking about the forest recovery, and I think many of us think of that in our heads and outline kind of a rough idea of what we would do, and hopefully we get that into a documented process, but we don't go through or necessarily have the opportunity to go through that restorative process. And when we do, we look at some of the interdependencies within our company and what exists. Sometimes we have documents out on SharePoint. I don't have access to uh, my domain admin creds because they're in a password manager. I can't provision hardware without Active Directory. So it's all of these pieces coming together and we're starting to really heal the onion <laughs> and mm. think about what it really is going to take to get our domain controllers or our forest back online. We're saying that we don't have Active Directory available. We don't have a DC up and running. So now we have to do that full forest recovery. And that's a very laborious process. It's step-by-step. Step. It has to be done hands-on keyboard. It has to be done in a very sequential fashion or you'll blip up the process. So right. uh, there's room for human error. There's plenty of, plenty <laughs> of room for human error, yes. So in a situation where you can no longer, Active Directory can no longer proceed. And mm -hmm. traditionally... That has been, you know, the scary scheme of change gone wrong, which like almost never happens. You know, you have to have a really bad environment for that sort of thing to happen. There um, can be some assumptions made where that can lend to uh, a bad day. <laughs> what we're seeing is, uh, it's, it certainly becomes more and more topical, is a cyber disaster where you have, as you said, a scorched earth environment. You can no longer trust your backups. And so you find right. yourself facing this process, which is because yes. I've gone out and looked at it. It's 28 steps long. It's painful. And it has separate threads for every domain and separate threads for every domain controller. And as yes. you say, it's the human element. It is. And a lot of times we haven't defined what we as the 
company want to do first, right? We don't have our domain controllers defined. What DCs do we need to bring up first? Are we going to base it on, you know, usage or are we basing it on applications? Do we know we have a site that has a slow link? So we're going to build that from, you know, IFM and install from media later. That's not a critical. Do our DCs that hold our FISMO role holders also authenticate users in some cases they're in it, their own subnet and they don't, right? We keep them a little bit protected and allow them to do, you know, extra FISMO role holder work. So so what you're talking about is what we call tiering then. Lifelong AD people, we think AD is good enough to be there just because it's AD, but really it's supporting the business and supporting the application. So is tiering, yes. is, is this the, the concept that you're talking about, which is especially when you can't restore everything all at once, what do you restore first? Yeah, you're going to have to prioritize what DCs you want done first. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're going to be restoring the FISMO role holders regardless of what you want to do, but you're going to consider your high user sites. You're going to consider your application dependencies and perhaps downstream feeds and where you want to hit those first. That's going to play a key role. So where your users are going to log in, you're going to want to make sure you're hitting those sites first. Hmm. Like line so of business you, apps, that sort of yes. thing. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to hit that. And part of that is defining that RTO, the recovery time objective. That's the maximum tolerable downtime. We always say, oh, I can never be down more than an hour. Okay, well, with certain sizes of bits in Active Directory or database, we have to look at the feasibility and also what are your backup schedules. And that's where the recovery point objective comes in. That's the age at which files must be recovered from right that point in time. So that's going to determine your frequency and backups. We have to define those metrics. Otherwise, we're not really going to be able to give a definitive answer. A lot of times people will say, um, I need to be up by 5 p.m. Okay, well, if that does hold true, what happens when you get hit at 4.50? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So you have to define the terms, uh, not, not in terms of time of day, but in terms of time of hours or of days. Right. And then the new, I think, environment, and I don't want to say new, this isn't unfortunately all that new, but with cyber attacks, we now have to plan for uh, reducing risks, right? So our areas of vulnerabilities or exposure, we want to cut that down. And when you are using a BMR, you are restoring that operating system. So we want to try and remove that if possible, right, from that scenario. You don't want to reintroduce malware into your environment when you're doing a forest recovery. You can use forensics, I mean, out there, even on your own to look at the database, but it's not a, it's not a guarantee, right, per se. So you're going to want to try and reduce where you can. And one of those ways is re- reducing the operating system. We're talking about the RPO and the RTO, and it's really, it's an interesting business. Com- I mean, this is a, an area that it, traditionally that the AD administration or the identity administration doesn't do really well. There's a great story about Brian Valentine at Microsoft back in the day, and he had his daughter with him and daughter asked, daddy, what do you do? And he couldn't figure out how to explain what he did to the daughter. And they walked past the machine room and he said, oh, honey, what I do is I keep the lights green there in the machine room. And of course, you know, that's what we think about. But 
and that's what we strive towards. But when you're trying to define the disaster, in other words, what is, how soon do you want to be able to recover an Active Directory state from? Is yesterday good enough? Is last week good enough? Or does it have to be an hour? And how long can the service be down? You can't define that by yourself. And business can't define that by themselves. No. And to quote Adam Banks of Maersk, uh, the CTO, when he was referencing cyber attacks, he said, we're no longer considered just a technology problem, but a business problem. So we are so tightly, we, uh, Active Directory, so tightly intertwined within the business unit that we are no longer separated. And I think there's a, a growth mindset for all of us because it isn't a security and an active de- directory problem, right? We Perhaps we can get up active directory back up and restore it, but do we still have those same security vulnerabilities? And we're going to be involved in the forensics and we need to be involved in the forensic. We need to find out how they got access and where and what have they compromised in our environment? Did they inject bad data? Do we have a misconfiguration? We need to go over our environment really with a fine tooth comb. So it's updating our mindset in that way. And recent cyber attacks have have changed that. I think they've helped to clarify what we need to strive for. Mm. So so as part of, you know, if business says the recovery time objective is one day, 24 hours or or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that has to account for that's not just bringing things back up. That that also has to account for combing through it does. your domain controllers and hoping that you found all the malware that's in there. Right. So when people say, I want everything up and op- operational in an hour, sure, that's possible. But the answer is, do you really want it up in an hour? Because you want it to be reliable. You want it to be solid. You want to be as confident as you can. And by not only doing the forensics, but removing additional vulnerabilities, such as the operating system, that's where you're going to have strength. And that's going to allow your data to be more solid, to be run or reduce the risk of reintroducing that malware and having to do that restore again. Yeah, certainly. Of course, you know, you can assume that business is going to say, well, I want it restored back to the minute before it happened. The shorter the RPO, the less time you want to, you're willing to deal with the Active Directory data being old. That means the more often that it has to be backed up, and it means that the complexity of it goes up dramatically. And the storage, you know, an enterprise Active Directory database could be anywhere from 10 to 50 gigabytes in size. Yeah, and that's something to consider too as we grow into different platforms within the cloud. We also have to look at uh, our storage and making sure that we factor that in for restoring. We also need to make sure we're following kind of the 321 rule for uh, designated uh, that's been designed really for data protection, where there's you know three copies of data stored in two different places of media and one is off site. That's something to factor in too. Do you have something solid? It's not just a single point of failure, right? Yeah. And well, that's a great point that the one thing is offsite or offline, or the other aspect that I think is not 
really thought about as much is the use of worm storage. Uh, write once, read many. You know, as most consumers would think of it as burning a DVD. Once you've burned a DVD or a CD, then it can't be overwritten. It's still available. And so in the case of malware attacks, yeah, as you're saying, the one, there has to be something where the malware that's crawling through your network can't reach and encrypt that backup because that has hit companies before that have not had offline backups and their backups get encrypted just as fast as everything else does. That's exactly right. Once they want, they hit one DC and attack her, they're, they're almost all but guaranteed to hit all of your DCs. Mimi Katz, the Swiss Army knife of uh, <laughs> attack tools, <laughs> yeah. can gain access so quickly. Uh, even in large environments, it's a compromised account you're in. You can inject bad data. It only takes once, and they just lie in wait. And that's a rather frightening thought to think, how long has this been here? So part of that that plan, that BCDR plan, is having a built-in contingency for reviewing some of that data to look at uh, your Active Directory environment and to try and reduce your risks where you can. So removing all the vulnerabilities within your your plan. And that first step is getting the plan. So designing the plan, defining your stakeholders, defining how far you want to go back, you know, your time period in which that's going to be, you know, quote approved, uh, using air quotes, you can't see me, but what works for your business unit and what works for everyone, what's that agreed upon time period. Mm. So those are all things we have to factor. And then also practicing it right in a lab environment, a separate offline, <laughs> not on your production network. That's incredibly handy to run through that process. It's certainly a truism that, you know, the backup and recovery backups really aren't important. Recovery is what important is what it, yes. is what is important. We tend to focus very much on backups. We do. Because, without focusing on the recovery. Well, I've heard many administrators say, I, I have backups, and I will commonly ask, have you tested them? And it's interesting how many say no. And <laughs> that's a key piece. We have to take a look at that, right? Our company did uh, a survey of recovery preparedness, and if anyone that's worked in the Active Directory area, they, they already know this. That is, because AD has been so reliable... And it's shocking to people that are outside of uh, outside of the company, outside of not the company, but outside of the Active Directory area, to learn that many many companies have not actually built and tested a disaster recovery plan for this most critical piece of the infrastructure. It is, but we also treat forest recovery and then the circumstances under which that might happen differently. There's almost two plans there where we think, okay, our domain controllers are down, you know, something happened, but then we also need to include, unfortunately, cyber attacks and factor that in as one of most the most likely reasons that you're doing a forest recovery. So that I think is a little bit, I wouldn't say new again, but another element <laughs> that we have to look at because we have to involve forensics and reducing our risk and, you know, making sure we're tightly uh, intertwined or integrated with security and getting everything back up. 
Right, right. Well, it's true. In our survey, I had to go look up the numbers because I can never remember these numbers, but basically only 37% of organizations that we polled, and we polled like 200 organizations, actually understand the complexity of forest recovery. They think that it's 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 a very simple thing to do, but it's it's not. It's very complex. And more than 50% of our responders never tested or don't even have an active directory disaster recovery process. Well, you know, it's almost the fault of active directory because it is so rock solid. You think, okay, well, it works and it does, but the restore process is painful. And it is, like I said, just fraught with human error. So you really want to make sure you can get that tested. So even if it's just in you know, a small lab environment, you don't even have to restore all of your DCs. If you can restore a couple and, and test your plan, that's really the key takeaway is to make sure you have defined what needs to happen and run through it. Make sure you get that process documented. Right. Take the, take the basic Microsoft documentation and then from there, build your own real test plan. Exactly. I've done, you and I both have done scheduled maintenance over the weekends for many, many years. I, I still remember my fingers turning blue for spending too many hours in the machine room. Yes. Data centers are cold. <laughs> but you don't go into doing an upgrade process or a maintenance process without having a script because you don't want to walk into that maintenance window and wing it. You have a script that you've put together step by step by step. So if you have to recover your Active Directory Forest, why would you not build an exact step-by-step script on what to do? Because you're not going to want to do it. You're not going to want to do it live. It is not. It, that's not the route you want to go. <laughs> and so getting that prepared, getting that set up and run through is definitely a good idea and highly recommended. I want to say that it guarantees you to sleep better at night, but I don't know if that's true. Yeah, the, I can't argue with that. <laughs> we were talking about dependencies as well and active directory dependencies. You were saying that, you know, in, when you do these workshops with customers, you discover all sorts of dependencies on active directory that they weren't aware of. What sort of things should people be thinking about of de- dependencies that they may not have thought about before if AD is not available? Well, logging in is the main one. People think, okay, well, I'm in a provision hardware. It sounds so silly, but you're going to log in. So what system are you using to provision hardware? So a lot of times people still will have to authenticate. They'll still have to use their AD account to be able to provision hardware. Um, In some places, uh, you know, I still print out my BCDR drill plan, right? I always have a copy of that at home. A lot of times people will say, well, this is on a SharePoint site. Well, how does exactly does that work when I need it? So, you know, you save a local copy, but, you know, you're busy, right? You were not thinking about proactive. A lot of AD administrators, we don't get the chance to be proactive or more reactive to our environment, right? Given the circumstances and what we have going on. So a lot of times we don't, we don't get to think about all the intricacies or the dependencies that we have on AD, you know, mm-hmm. our passwords. We can't get our, our domain admin accounts anymore, right? They're, our passwords are saved. What if your local copy of your PC, uh, what about your local copy of your file and your PC is encrypted by ransomware? Exactly. So you have to account for this. And it's, it's interesting. Um, it's very eye-opening to think about it. But when you start looking at cyber attacks, it's frightening in a way because there's there's a endless possibilities there used to be 
you know, an honor among thieves where, you know, hospitals weren't attacked and schools weren't attacked. That's, that's not true anymore. You know, that is now almost open game. So we're seeing that also increase. It's industry-wide. So I think we, as administrators, AD administrators, have to take a step back and assume that for or plan for that worst case scenario, because as I stated, you know, when one DC is hit, you're, you're going to be bricked unless you have a DC that's offline accidentally, which shouldn't be, but it could happen in a large environment, even small. And you're going to want to make sure that you have a plan for that, that you can get back online. You don't want to find out those interdependencies now. So, you know, as you perhaps do upgrade uh, projects where you're going from a certain operating system, you know, 2012 R2, 2016, 2019, you can collect data on what is hitting your DCs, right? You can do some specific queries, you know, Netmon or Wireshark or whatever, but you can also look at the applications in your environment that you're running, uh, Zoom, gosh, let's see, Teams. All of your line of business apps, all of those. Yeah, that's the problem is your AD administrators don't necessarily know without specialized no. tools, what are the no. apps, what are the resources that are, are is actually using Active Directory unless you turn stuff off. That's how you find out. And that is a really an unfun way to find out. And we have a lot of dependencies now with identity, right? Uh, so, you know, HR feeds into AD, so we have to factor those in and different vendors too, different vendor solutions. Right. So, so uh, to sort of summarize what we're talking about, what is top of mind for you? Poke someone in the chest and say, these are the things that you need to be doing sooner than later for Active Directory and disaster recovery. Sooner than later, I would definitely get a plan together. I would just get a rough outline of how I would restore the Active Directory environment, I would identify my stakeholders. I'm not going to get everybody first draft, all of my folks, all of the teams, all of those interdependencies, but I'm just going to take kind of a stab at it. I'm probably going to seek my manager out and say, hey, your peers, I want feedback once I'm done on this. Um, you know, look at the, the patching models, the um, the the things that might exist there, you know, DFS, GPOs, all those kind of things and get those teams feedback as well. But out on my own, you know, irrespective of that space, I would then define the DCs and the minimum DCs that I'm going to need to get up and running. And I would go through testing whatever backup, if it's third party or you're using the BMR solution, I would test that and see how far I can get and what that looks like once I do a restore. Okay, do I have everything in this space I need? Now, again, it's hard because we're not going to have the traffic and all of that, but you're going to find out quickly, um, you know, oh, I forgot, you know, my load balancers or uh, I'm going to need to make sure I have this connection set up to this application or this, you know, area, whatever. But it's going to give us some insight. It's going to give you some real key clues as to, you know, refining you know, that process. But the first step is getting that process in place, <laughs> getting the business agreement on when you want to have it back up, and then testing that process. Yeah. The, the, the first step is take the first step. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the hardest part, right? Yeah. yeah that's the diet right. starts on Monday. <laughs> yeah. The diet starts on Monday. And then, and then iterate and, and keep refining. So great. Yes. yes. It's a live living document. Yes. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Uh, 
Thanks, Alexandra. I really appreciate yeah. it. I, this is You're a welcome, fun conversation. Sean. Yeah, uh, thank you. We spend a lot of time thinking about these things, and it's good to actually sort of put them down out loud, you know? Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Duby. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com, that's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation. 